Hi, this is Let's Go Again, a philosophical and practical podcast for indie creatives navigating reality while building the dream. I'm your host, Courtney Romano, a writer-director in New York City and the founder of Queensbird Films. In today's episode, we're going to be talking about talent. You know, that thing everyone thinks they have as soon as they step into a karaoke room, America's favorite television pastime, voting week to week for the best dancer, singer, or act. The thing we thought we had as a kid had someone just taken the time to nurture us. And the thing we're absolutely convinced our kids are dripping in. Talent. It's alluring. It's elusive. I happen to think it doesn't matter as much as we think it does. But I also think we can get some really interesting, unexpected ideas about how to move in our careers by simply investigating our own talent. That's what we're going to talk about today. But first, updates from this week and an offering for you. For this week's What I Worked On, I honestly cannot remember what I worked on. I know that I didn't write. I know I didn't do that. And I know that I was busy. And I know that I was underslept. But beyond that, I don't actually remember everything that I did, even though it felt like I was constantly working. Um, But I do know that some of those things that I was doing uh, throughout my days were, was having meetings and uh, networking and kind of bridging those connections that I had made before the holidays. And, you know, we all took a break to go do our respective holidaying and then coming back to it. And I have to say that I'm feeling very invested in expanding my own network by giving back to my to my network, seeing where I can make connections with other people, seeing where I can, you know, I don't know, just bring people together in a way that doesn't have anything to do with me. There's something in that that feels when I have done it, I'm not great at doing it, um, but when I have done it, it has felt really, really, really good. So it's something that I want to focus on this year for sure. And it's something that this past week I was actually focused on and that felt really, really good. As far as the feature goes, you know, I have all these great ideas. I have all these notes to myself. I am constantly like sourcing ideas and writing them down or leaving myself a voice memo. And for whatever reason, I feel pretty stuck in the writing moment because just the way that my domestic life is set up right now is complicated to sit down and get in the zone. I find it is much easier to get in the zone for like business stuff, um, marketing stuff, revenue stuff, things that I'm building on like the business end of things or, or even like what I was just talking about, meetings with people. It's easy to like dip in and out of that. And I guess for the creative stuff, you know, I, because I have this script written, there's a little less of a fire under me when I have a script like half written. I'm like, I'm like itching to get it done because I just want to know what the story is. (laughs) And what I found is I don't know until I've written it, you know, outlines to be damned and all of that. But when I have to go back into it and really put my writing hat back on, I need some time. I, I think what I actually need is like an hour, but I need to think that I have three hours. Do you know what I mean? Like if I go somewhere and I'm at a coffee shop and I'm like, I don't need to be home for another three hours, I could get done everything that I needed to do in an hour. I'm I'm sure of it because I was just like, my mind would loosen up, you know? And so anyway, I'm just noticing that about myself and my writing process right now. I'm trying to not 
be down about it because there are there truly are a lot of other things that are moving and grooving right now that I feel good about and things are seasonal I'm a seasonal kind of artist I I, I have cycles and I go in and out of them um, uh, yes my son is with me today um, if you hear him speaking of domestic life and seasons of uh, productivity and not productivity um, but anyway, that is where I am this week. And I'm wondering, would you leave me a voice memo on Shopify and tell me what you're working on? Tell me where you are at in your process. Do you have questions about your process? Do you have advice from your writing process or from your whatever, not your writing, your creative process? I would love to hear from you. So would you please go on to Spotify? I might have said Shopify earlier. Sorry about that. Spotify. Could you go on Spotify and leave me a voice note? Let me know what you're working on and let's, you know, connect. All right. This week I am going to do another poll from the Tarot and Oracle deck. And again, this one is by Mike Wilcox and I love it. Let's see what is in the deck for us today. Okay, and the card is the hanged man. The energetic meaning, surrender, patience, force, timing, haste, fortune. The hanged man calls us to look at where we might need to surrender, where patience might be required, or where we are prematurely forcing a situation. All things have a course they follow, a season, a blossoming. Things take time. Fruits need time to ripen. Flowers need time to blossom. All things need time to grow. This is sometimes referred to as divine timing. Some things are quicker than others. And in our world today, we have grown quite accustomed to things happening rapidly. Practice patience and do not force things to unfold sooner than they want. Planting a seed and asking the ground to hurry things along does no good. Sometimes it is good to be aware when we have done enough. Just like overwatering a plant, don't give more energy to something that isn't ready to receive it. Do your best to cultivate a sound understanding of the course of events to transpire so you can be at peace with the timing of them. Mantra is, I am calm, I am patient, I allow things to unfold as they will. Reflections, where might you be forcing things? What are small steps to take that are more aligned with the natural flow of unfolding? What might require patience and no action at all? Well, okay. I was just talking about seasons and that is all about cycles and seasons and allowing. And something that I was thinking about lately is like people have been saying, this word urgent has come up a lot. I had heard someone say that if it if there's a thought in your head that feels urgent, it's probably your ego. And if it's not urgent, then it's your your soul, your spirit, your um, your unconscious or your, you know, highest self, whatever. I think there's definitely a different urgency if you are like, oh, I don't know what I'm doing. What am I doing next? Versus, oh, I got to save my child from that burning building. You know, like there are different shades of urgency, like everything else, like there's a spectrum. Um, 
But I am thinking about it in terms of my script. And I wonder if there's some creative project you're working on, some idea in your mind you haven't really laid out yet that feels, you know, a little bit more urgent, but really it could take the time that it needs right now. And if that's so, you know, like what happens in that space? What happens when there's patience, when there's a void, when there's waiting instead of doing? What occurs to you? What comes up? And there, I think there are times that the hangman comes up where it's like, I don't want to be patient. I don't want to wait. And I feel like I'm trapped. Like, But it's also um, what I feel like is cool about this card is it's also like offering a different perspective. So um, it's like almost paradoxical. Like you'll go further if you just do nothing sometimes. There's sometimes it's like we can't really effort our way forward. Like we just have to wait for the light bulb moment or like the person to come out of nowhere or, you know, like something serendipitous to happen. And it's hard to know when that's going to happen. I think for me, if I feel like I'm in action and I've kind of exhausted all the things that I think I should be doing and I'm still stuck, that's usually when I'm like, all right, let me just give it a second then. Like maybe I've done everything. I've tried everything that I can do to like kind of with my own willpower on my end. But now let me just rest. Let me see what comes up in the void. So let's let the hanged man set the tone for today's episode all about talent. Even though we all know better, there's still a part of us, or at least a part of me, that believes art is a meritocracy, where the most talented people win all the awards. That talent is almost objective, and so the awards feel almost objective. And yet I know awards are the most subjective thing on the planet, as is criticism, as is the idea of talent. I was so delighted when Robert Downey Jr. got up to accept his award at the Critics' Choice Awards last week, and he started listing off quotes about his work from former critics. It was absolutely delightful because it pointed to the subjectivity of it all. The criticism, the awards, all of it. Obviously, he was reading off things that were not very um, uplifting of his work. Like, they were pretty critical of him. He just put it right out there on stage with award in hand. It was great. I remember one time I got in this great gig. It paid me so much money especially for that time. I was non-union, but I was in a show with Broadway stars and everyone was just like top of the top of their game. There was a 55-piece orchestra. I was singing over them without a microphone. I was acting, singing, dancing, all of it. And we were getting some really good reviews. It was really it was like a really exciting time. But one review I got was and I quote, "How Courtney Romano, who can't sing, dance or act, got this part?" is anybody's guess. <laughs> oh, it was such a definitive statement to make that like I couldn't do anything. <laughs> I couldn't sing, d- dance, or act, like not a smidge. Like not just the critics saying, oh, I didn't like her performance because of X, Y, Z. Like she wasn't for me. I didn't like the take. It was like actually the critics saying casting her must have been a mistake, which is ridiculous and 
hilarious because it's like obviously it's like every actor's worst nightmare and I was always so scared of reviews and then I got that one and I think it cured me because I was like well that is the absolute worst that I could do and I'm still getting paid to do this job so you know I guess I guess it doesn't matter that much and at the and, and the crazy thing about that particular show was like I knew it was at least absurd to say that I, a professional dancer in a group of what happened to be mostly opera singers, it was absurd to say that I couldn't dance in that environment. Like I was one of like three advanced dancers in the show. I, I mean, and like nothing against the opera singers. It's just like they could sing opera and I couldn't do that. You know, like we all had our different talents. <laughs> And I started at the time, started signing emails to my husband, who's then my boyfriend, with love anybody's guess. Like it just stuck with, I mean, it's clearly stuck with me. I've forgotten most of my good reviews, but I have never forgotten that one because it just reminds me of how subjective all of this is and ultimately how it made literally no difference to my career. I don't think I'm alone in holding the assumption that the more talented you are, the more opportunities you will have. And yet I can see in the world how that is just not true. There are plenty of unknown folks who are more talented than anyone accepting an an award at one of these shows. But if that's true, then does talent hold a place in our creative lives? And if it does, how do we cultivate it? grow it, and leverage it to help our careers. Okay, so I think there are three rules when it comes to talent. Number one, talent is polar, meaning it contains both opposites at the same time. You're talented. You're also not talented. This falls under the law of polarity, which is one of the 12 universal laws. The law of polarity states that everything is dual, everything has poles, Everything has its pair of opposites. Like and unlike are the same. Opposites are identical in nature, but different in degree, and the extremes meet. So I think talent is polar because no one agrees on what it is. So you're going to be talent-free to somebody over here, and then you're going to be a creative genius to somebody else over there. And even if you keep searching out there for the affirmation, you know, yes, you are talented, and then you get that, there's still going to be many other people who, you know, don't give you that. So talent ends up being a polar idea containing multiple truths. We see an award or read a criticism and think that this is the end-all be-all, at least for a moment, but in reality, we're just seeing one pole, you know, Robert Downey Jr. reading those, you know, criticisms that said he smelled like an, one of the things is like his acting was like an unblanketed fart, like, like ridiculous, like anybody's guess, right? So he has that in one hand and then a Critics' Choice Award in another. I'm actually reminded right now of the Will Smith, Chris Rock slap moment. What a great portrait of the law of polarity. You have this beautiful ceremony, so fancy, such high expectations of the best of the best, and then all this anger and force and aggression just lying underneath. And I think in Will Smith's acceptance speech after he won (laughs) Best Actor, he said that Denzel Washington pulled him aside and told him, when you're at the top of your game, that's when the devil is going to try to bring you down. 
And Will Smith won that night and then was banned for 10 years from the Academy Awards. So, you know, if we want to use mythical terms here, he played the hero and he played the villain in in one fell swoop. Polar opposites were on full display. I mean, I think Kander and Ebb put it the best. They said, one day it's kicks and it's kicks in the shins, but the planet spins and the world goes round and round. Okay, the second rule is talent is sensation. You can feel it when something clicks. You know when something works. And likewise, you know when it doesn't work. For years, I knew I was a good singer, but I wasn't great, like like really great. I had dreams. I would dream that I could sing the exact way I wanted to, but I could never get my voice to do that in real life. And I had to be real about that. In this same vein, I think you can also feel the sensation of potential. You know that there is a way for you to reach the potential you can envision, the talent you can envision. You might not know how, but you are feeling your way toward that end goal. Sometimes the sensation of potential feels like tension. Uh, You know, like I was talking about earlier about like knowing that I can finish my feature script and it's not done yet and I'm just like being pulled towards the ending. Sometimes it's that kind of pressure. It can also feel like weightlessness or ease. It can feel like focus. It can feel like that settled in your bones feeling you get when you're clear and you just know. You just know what needs to be done. Sometimes the sensation of potential feels like impatience or a super strong awareness of time. Like you can feel it in so many ways, the sensation of talent. It's that Ira Glass quote everyone knows. I'm not going to quote it in full now, but it's about the gap between taste and talent. And you have good taste, but you don't have the talent to back it up yet. And there's the frustrating middle period where you're just trying to build up enough skill and to have enough talent to be able to implement your good taste into your artwork. I think these kinds of sensations point to an underdeveloped or latent talent. If the sensation of talent is there, I believe that's where you start to cultivate it and grow it and use it. The third and final rule, talent is synthesis. It's not one thing. It's how all the things come together. It's not if you do one thing well. It's how each of the things you do well contribute to be more than the sum of your parts. For instance, Ben Affleck. I know I'm like, (laughs) I'm really in this episode with pop culture references today. Ben Affleck recently said something on, I think it was on Directors on Directors, um, and he was talking about J-Lo, his wife, Jennifer Lopez. And he said that when people come up to her, she's not just, you know, an actor in a movie. She's someone who means something to them. Who she is, what she does, how she lives her life means something to them. So JLo writes a newsletter. She's created a relationship with fans over time. She allows a certain amount of access for people to understand her values, her vision. She is a dancer, a singer, an actor, a producer, a businesswoman, an advocate. It's not that she is the best singer in the world or that she's this great actor that they saw once in a movie. It's not those singular things about her. It's the synthesis of everything she does 
to give her that X factor. The synthesis of what we do and who we are is where our talent really lies. For a long time, I think we were told to specialize and silo our talents. I remember being coached to be able to say exactly who I am and what I do so I could be plugged into the machine of the New York theater industry. Don't be too funny. You must be able to float a high E because you're five foot three. You should be a good dancer, but don't be too good because then they won't be able to give you leads. They're going to need you in the dance ensemble. All these like weird, strange rules to try and fit into the assembly line of making art. But we're in an era now of the generalist. Like we just, we like 100,000% are. Our ability to understand people is beyond what it used to be. You can be five different things. You can be a baker, a producer, a musician, a tarot reader. Like we get it. We don't need the label because we can just get you. You come through. And talent is actually the amalgamation of all those things. We don't care if you can float the high E. We care about the totality of your story as an artist. Months and months ago, there was a viral clip of Leslie Jones talking with Laverne Cox. And in it, Leslie Jones says, every artist needs to learn this. You do go through desperation where you think, I got to make it. But see, that's not the career you really want. I remember Cat Williams, the one who told me this. He said, once you get rid of your desperation, you're going to blow up. And I was like, F you, I'm desperate because I'm broke. He said, no, no, you're not. You just don't have money. You have talent though. And you need to start making your decisions from your talent, not your desperation. I loved that quote because it's essentially asking the you know artist to say, I'm not going to make decisions from where I am now. I'm going to make decisions from my potential, from where I I am headed, from, you know, the talent that is underneath all this desperation, that not even the talent that's in the future, the talent that I hold in my hands right now. And it and it turns everything inward. As someone who has a high stakes emotional relationship with wanting to be seen as talented, I know that if I focus all my attention on that aspect of my creative work, I lose contact with my inner voice. There's a great book I'm listening to right now. It's called Courage to be Disliked. And in it, there's this quote. It says, being praised essentially means that one is receiving judgment from another person as, quote, good. And the measure of what is good or bad about that act is that person's yardstick. If receiving praise is what one is after, one will have no choice but to adapt to that person's yardstick and put the brakes on one's own freedom. Essentially, we can be seduced into thinking that the idea of having more talent will lead to more opportunities. But the truth is, talent is polar, it's a sensation, and it's a synthesis. So talent doesn't necessarily lead to the next thing but our relationship to our talent can. If I'm only ever moving forward in the places where I've gotten good feedback from others, then I'm judging myself with their yardstick and I'm not making choices that come from my own inner voice. I'm making choices from other people's ideas and from my desperation, not from my talent. And my belief is that when we make choices from our own inner voice, talent becomes almost irrelevant. 
Yes, we want to be better at our craft. Yes, we want to improve and be able to bridge the gap between our current skill level and our good taste. But it's my belief that talent is not the deciding factor we think it is. Okay, so let's do a personal audit of our talent to see where we might want to focus next in growing our skills. Okay, number one, talent is polar. So go ahead and make two lists, flowers and criticism. Write to yourself like you're a critic and list out all of the praise for your work. Self-identified things that you do really, really, really well. Put them all under flowers. Then list out criticism, things you need to improve on. And do your best to keep those lists even, right? Polarity. If you're going heavy-handed on the criticism, fine, but then you're going to need to come up with more praise. And remember that polarity means everything is dual. Number two, talent is sensation. Consider when you feel the most talented, what does it feel like somatically? Where does it live in your body? Do you feel tension or weightlessness? Is it in your gut or your head? Try to identify where it is when you feel at your most talented and most capable. Remember that you've identified this feeling later when you're doing your work. And number three, talent is synthesis. Write out everything you do, how you show up in your creative life. It doesn't have to all make sense together. What have people told you that you're good at? What do people always thank you for? What are all the ways in which people feel like you're doing so, so much and you're going above and beyond, but for you it feels normal? For instance, you might give the best dinner parties and people are always thrilled and raving and saying, wow, how did you do this? But for you, it's like just second nature, so it's not even really something you think of as a talent. You might even think anybody could do this. All right, and then once you've taken your personal audit of those three things, you can ask these final questions. Number one, where do I need to grow? Number two, where do I need to focus? And number three, what do I need to own? I'm not going to give much more direction than that because if you stay with those three questions, where do I need to grow? Where do I need to focus? What do I need to own? Your inner voice can come up and speak to you. And for my money, your inner voice can take you places that even talent can't. Okay, that's it for today. But one last thing before I go, for all of my indie creative friends out there who are finally ready to share your work, put yourself out there, embody the archetype of the artist, and want to find some control and direction over the course of your career, the first step is always the audience. Connect with your audience and a million bajillion pathways open up. In the show notes, there is a free email workshop called 8-Day Audience. In the 8 days, you're going to get 8 emails with step-by-step instructions on how to build from the ground up, whether you have no audience or a huge one. It is a way to start an audience from scratch or deepen your existing relationship. It's taking a lot of broad concepts and making them into very easy-to-follow step-by-step processes. So I'm super excited to share that with you. I think it's cool. It's in the show notes and it's totally free. If you haven't already, I'd be so grateful if you rated and reviewed this podcast on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. If you've already done that, would you consider sharing this episode with a friend? As always, you can reach me at hello at queensbirdfilms.com. Let me know what topics you're interested in uh, for the podcast, what you thought of this episode and anything else that's going on in your life. I would love to hear from you. That is it for this episode. Until next week. 
good luck out there.